This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is episode 55. You're stuck with just me today. Everybody else is working. Been a pretty crazy busy week. That's why we weren't able to get one recorded sooner. So apologies for this coming out late and for not having a full draw Friday out for the same reason. And part of that is the gun weekend that we just had and being busy up here at the shop. And the other part of it is what I'm going to talk about here on this episode. It's kind of been the best bad week of hunting I've had in a long time. So I'm going to talk a little bit. I'm going to talk a lot about that. That's basically what the whole episode is going to be. It'll probably be a little bit shorter one, but that'll be, you'll kind of understand why we didn't get the the full draw Friday out and what's been going on. If you've been keeping up with the vlog on YouTube, um, which hopefully you guys have, if you haven't, go over and check it out. I've been trying to keep you guys updated on what's been going on this season. The last couple of weeks has been a little bit slower, but I did get one episode put up. The last episode that went up is half of what I'm going to talk about today. And that is the hunt I had at the cabin earlier last week. I went on Monday. I'd actually been hunting there quite a bit, but with the activity I'd had, um, nothing had busted me. I didn't feel like I was intruding too much or making too much of an impact. So I went back in there on Monday, saw a nice buck. He'd actually come in with a doe. So it was about 7.15, 7.30. I heard him cross the fence to the south of me. Knew there were two deer. I could tell one of them was ahead of the other one. Uh, it was getting closer when the other one stopped, and then I could hear some grunting. So I got everything ready. She came out. I thought she was going to go to the east, just keep going east like the buck did the day before. You guys can see that on the other vlog video, the nice nine-pointer that I had talked about there. He was in there that morning. I didn't make it out. I went in at close to 11, and he came out shortly after I got in the tree. At He's about 45 yards and just kept going straight east, never came into the food plot like they normally do. But this doe didn't do that. She came out into the food plot, and she came towards the tree and ended up going by at about 15 yards. And then as she was coming by, as you can see in the video, the buck steps out uh, in the woods to the south and follows her. He did come out a little bit west of where she did, but nonetheless, he came at the tree. And I had the camera with me, and that's that was part of the issue is I was worried about the camera and trying to get the deer on it when I actually... I didn't even end up getting him on there anyway. So, again, if you watch the vlog, apologies for the amateur video work. Just is what it is. He came to about 20 yards, and I stopped him in the window where I thought I was going to be able to have him on video. He wasn't in the frame. He would have been. He was behind a branch. So, took the shot at 20, quarter and two. Uh, I don't know why. I held behind his shoulder. I should have just put it right on his shoulder. With At that distance... With the setup I'm shooting with the Muzzy Broadheads and uh, 500 grains, a little over 500 grains, something like 510, 515 grain arrow setup, I would have been just fine to put it on a shoulder, and I would have got everything in there, uh, double lungs, maybe heart at that angle, and would have found that deer easily. But I didn't. I held behind the shoulder, and even if had I hit my aim point, I still would have been in good shape, but I didn't. I hit farther back than that. I originally thought it was really low and back. You can hear in the video, I said, oh, no, as soon as the arrow hit and the deer runs off. The quality of the video is not great either just because of the camera I have. So we couldn't really see, even though he was in frame, 
directly after the shot. I couldn't see where the hole was or anything like that, so I couldn't get any information off the video at all other than the sound of the shot and definitely could tell it wasn't in the rib cage, which I already knew anyway. But I climbed down, checked the arrow. There were no guts on it, no stomach content, so I knew I didn't hit him as far back as I thought I originally did. I originally thought I did, but he took off into the brush to the north of me and stopped, which is usually not a good sign especially if they don't just bolt out right after that. So we stopped, and then I could hear him and the doe take off in what I assume were different directions. So we went in. I went in after I checked the arrow, found a little bit of blood. It did have some bubbles in it. So initially I thought, well, maybe it was better than I thought. Maybe I caught part of a lung. The more I thought about it, the more I talked to guys, um, the more looking I did. I honestly don't think that had anything to do with the lungs because it doesn't take lungs to create bubbles. Uh, just the liquid falling out of the deer, going through the hair, hitting the ground, that can create some air bubbles in it and make you think that you got some lung, which is what happened to me. Um, and there were quite a few bubbles in some of it, but it wasn't that foamy, frothy stuff that you usually get off of a lung hit. So initially I did have a lot of blood and I had those bubbles in it. So I thought, well, he's probably a dead deer, which I said on the vlog multiple times, I think. Um, I thought all the way up until the end of that that he was probably a dead deer. But I tracked him probably 15 yards into the brush and then quit. I wanted to give him some time just because of where I thought the shot actually went, despite what the blood said. So we ended up giving him five or six hours. We went back, me and a buddy went back and started tracking him. We tracked him to the east. There was a decent puddle of blood, and then it just stopped. And we looked around and looked around and looked around. And we actually had given up, and we walked the rest of the property for the most part, and we're walking back to the tree to go back to the truck, and I just caught some blood as I was walking back, and the deer had actually doubled back and went towards the west. So I knew the blood that I stumbled across wasn't the direction we came from, so we followed it up, and it was still decent blood. We got to the neighbors. He jumped the fence, and we could see blood on the other side of the fence. So we went and got permission to be on there. We tracked him across the fence, and lost blood again, similar to what happened the last time. No sign of it anywhere, a decent puddle, and it just it was like, that was it. He just dried up. There was none in any direction. Couldn't tell if he double-backed that time. There was no sign of that, really. There was no blood anywhere past that point. If he did double-back, he went straight the way he came, and then um, the driveway with the grass in it, it would have been really tough to find anything. We searched all over the driveway, all over the little patch of timber he went into, that night, uh, me and that buddy actually had to leave. I had to bring him back to town. And then me and Nate went out that night and looked some more. Looked all around where he should have come out at. Didn't find any more blood. Looked all up and down the driveway where if he would have doubled back, we didn't find any blood. And we just gave up on it that night. Tried to get a hold of several guys with dogs to no avail. No luck there. They were all either already tied up with somebody or out of town, uh, busy. So I didn't have any luck with the dogs on that one. And I went back the next day, walked about a mile and a half of timber, anywhere I thought he could have went, back to the south where he came from, to the west, and just didn't have any luck. Didn't find any blood, didn't find any sign of the deer. So ultimately gave up on, on finding that deer, which is a really tough thing to do. Anybody that's done it, you know how bad of a feeling that is. And he was a really nice deer, too. I think you can see in the video... Not a real tall deer by any means. He wasn't a giant, but nice, wide, heavy eight-point. 
I got one trail camera picture of him as he was coming out in the food plot, really deep-chested, fairly thin waist, though. I think he was probably a, a really old deer, like seven and a half plus, just based off his body type and the antlers a little bit because generally you're not going to see the type of rack that he had on a on a younger deer like he would have been. You're definitely not going to see the neck and chest that he had on a two-and-a-half or three-and-a-half-year-old deer. So I think he was probably a really old deer that I'd actually never seen before. That was the first time I'd ever seen him. I haven't seen him since. But at the point we gave up, I thought he was a dead I still thought he was a dead deer, just we couldn't find him. For whatever reason, the blood dried up, and he was laying somewhere dead. Couldn't find him. So, But the more I got to thinking about it, talking to guys, the more I think I probably did hit close to where I thought I did and was just underneath of everything. There was some white hair on the arrow, so I know it for sure came out low. And I think it was probably just muscle blood. That deer is probably still alive somewhere in my in my mind now. I think he's probably still alive. I doubt I'll ever see him again. I've only had one deer ever that I'd shot. Um, I hit that deer high and then had a picture of him later that year, about a month later. Other than that, you know, I've shot a few deer that we haven't found and have never seen them again. Now, whether they all, I'm sure one or two of them didn't die, two of them for sure. Um, like I said, never saw them again. So I don't expect to see this deer, and mostly because, not only because I shot him, but also because that was the first time I'd seen him anyway. I'd never had any pictures of this deer I think he was just on that doe. It wasn't part of his normal home range. Maybe it was just on the edge, and he was following that doe. I mean, he was right on her, so she drug him in there somewhere he wasn't normally going. So I don't expect to see this deer again, but I do think he's probably somewhere still out there. I wouldn't be 100% surprised if I got him on camera again. I just don't expect it. That was kind of the story on the bucket the cabin. Like I said, that vlog video is up. You guys can go check it out and see what I'm talking about. Um, at the point I ended that video and edited it I thought the deer was still dead I put some notes in there to check this podcast out for my new thoughts and those are my new thoughts I think I probably hit him low underneath of everything and back and didn't kill that deer and like I said no idea what happened on the shot and I guess you know it was me obviously uh but it didn't make it happen on that one if I'd have let him go Follow that doe 10 more yards, he'd have been at 15 broadside, or I could have just put the pin right on his shoulder there and probably would have been fine. But I didn't, and that's what happened on that one. So, unfortunately, that was just the beginning. Like I said, we looked for that deer Monday night. I shot him on Monday morning. We looked for him Monday afternoon, Monday night. I went back Tuesday around noon into the afternoon and looked for him. No avail. That's when we gave up on him. And then Wednesday morning, I didn't go out anywhere. Wednesday afternoon, I finally decided I'd go back to the woods because what else do you do but get back after him? I went and sat on the at the North Farm in the bottom stand, and that kind of starts the beginning of the next story, which has a similarly bad ending. I went in there and sat Wednesday evening. It was windy, but I had a good it was good direction for where I was at. I really like that setup down there, especially for that time of year where you catch a buck cruising coming off of a hot doe after the lockdown or, you know, even during the lockdown, which that would have been pretty close to the middle end of the lockdown phase, which we're out of now. Should see some bucks cruising again. But anyway, I really like that setup for that time of year. 
And I went down there and sat and saw five or six different bucks that I knew that night, including Ghost, which if you guys don't know, you can check the vlog out. I've talked about him quite a bit. I've got tons of pictures of that deer. But they had all been at night. Wednesday was the first evening that I actually laid eyes on that deer and saw him in the daytime. And he was just as good as I thought he was. I knew exactly who he was when he came out. He actually came out 250 yards away, worked his way all the way down towards me and got hung up at about 80 yards. And it was so windy that he couldn't really hear the grunt call. I think he kind of heard it once, but again, it was so windy he couldn't really tell what it was. Tried snort wheezing. He didn't hear that. Um, I didn't want to rattle necessarily with him that close, so he never made it all the way to me. So he came about 250 yards and hung up at 7580, and that was it for the night. He went back up to the north, up the field a little bit. He was actually in the field when I slipped out of there, but him and another buck, I slipped down the backside of the tree, down into the creek, and got out of there, and they had no idea I was there. So I decided I'd go back. I actually kicked around the idea of what I would do on Thursday evening, I knew I couldn't go in the morning, so I I was trying to decide whether I'd go to the cabin and see if I could catch one of my other shooter bucks there, or if I'd go back and see if Ghost would come out again. It was totally different wind direction. It, this time, it was out of the southwest. I, it wasn't totally different, I guess. The night before, it was the northwest, and then it switched over to the southwest, So, but I was still safe for that stand. And actually now after sitting there on that wind, I think that might be the best wind for that stand. I had one deer walk downwind of me, but he was so close. I think with that wind speed, 10 to 12 mile an hour, he he didn't really have a chance to smell me. It was probably a two and a half year old buck that went in front of me. But he was moving early on Thursday night. The deer were all moving early Thursday night. He come out, um, actually before him, a spike and the really tight racked eight point came out. They were the first two bucks that I saw the night before as well. So I knew I was probably in the game. They came out right behind me at about 50, 60 yards and then disappeared off into the ditch. So then that two and a half year old came out that I actually, I don't know if it's the buck that I had seen in the woods prior to that, or if it was a different one, a young eight point, five point. I don't know if he had brow tines or a, what he had. Just that frame deer, a little basket racked buck. And then about four, a little after four, a doe come, came out. And I actually had pictures of ghost with a doe at 4.30 in the morning on Thursday. And that kind of swayed my decision a little bit to go in there. And the other thing was I couldn't decide whether I wanted to go back to that stand or go and maybe take a decoy because I think if I had a decoy that ghost might have came to me the night before uh, he just came out and ran every buck off that was in that field so I think he probably would have came over and checked it out whether it would have worked out or not I don't know but I kicked that around taking the decoy with me or going back up north where he originally came out on Wednesday night and getting closer in there and sitting on the ground and I talked to Nate about it and we kind of both decided it'd be better to be in a tree and I decided I'd just go back to where I was I wouldn't take the decoy it was either going to happen or it wasn't. I didn't want to mess it up, take a chance of him knowing I was hunting him because he he had not figured me out yet. Like, he didn't know I was there. Spencer got wind of me once. I got a picture of him after that early in the morning, so I wonder if he's still around. But Ghost I had not seen yet. I had no interaction with him. He Again, he had no idea I was hunting him. So I didn't want to mess that up, trying to do something with the decoy just to push the issue. So... I went back into the exact same thing I did Wednesday night, but on the different wind. And then where I 
circling back here, a little bit after four, a doe came out, and she was by herself as a mature doe, and I wondered if it wasn't the doe that Ghost was with before, and maybe he had bred her and she was just walking off, or if he would be coming out behind her. And it was, she, she actually came out of the field edge south of where they had the night before, and she worked her way down into the little pocket of timber that I was in, down by the ditch in that bottom. And she came in to 35 yards, and I ranged her right on that spot because I thought if he does come out, he's going to be right on her trail because he's not right behind her. So he's going to be smelling her and tracking her that way. And I ranged her at 35 yards in a nice window that I'd had, and I could see everything, and it was good. And I thought if he comes out right there, I can get him. So she kept on going. She dumped down into the ditch and then followed out actually where that tight-racked eight had, had went and the other little buck. And it was probably 15 minutes later. I look up, and here comes a really nice buck. Knew right away he was a shooter. Put up the binoculars, and sure enough, it was Ghost. He actually came out probably 100 yards south of where he did on Wednesday night. So even if I had sat farther north where he came out the night before, I would have just been out of the game completely especially since he was on that doe. I couldn't have pulled him off of her. So he worked his way down, and I was pretty sure he was going to follow her right in. At one point, it looked like he was going to turn and go the other way for some reason, but he didn't. He turned back and came in, and he followed right down the trail she was on. This was getting towards 430. And that trail was to the southwest side of the tree, so he came in the woods. I got him right in that window at 35, so I didn't need to range him again. And I drew back. I stopped him and drew back. And close eye, I started looking through the peep, and the sun was pretty blinding. So I tried to look around it. I got back on him again, and I could see well enough to put the pin on him and know where I was aiming. And I thought, he's at 35, and I had to stop him. He's probably going to drop. So I put the 30 at the top of his heart-ish. I'll call it that. Because I thought, if he doesn't drop, I'll hit his heart if he does drop, I'll hit both lungs. So, again, I had to stop him, put the 30 on there, let the arrow go, and I could not see where it hit. The arrow danced a little bit coming out, which is not exactly what you want to see, but it shouldn't have caused anything to go wrong unless it was from hitting a limb, and it wasn't from hitting a limb. There were no limbs in between me and him. I checked and double-checked even when that doe came through, so... I could see the light did not go. I heard it hit, and I couldn't see much. I obviously couldn't tell where exactly I hit him. I couldn't even tell what exactly he did after the shot just because I was so sun-blinded by that point. But I knew I'd hit him. And he took off, tail down. He went through the ditch um, and back up about 40 yards and stopped. And again, that's not a great sign, but I've seen deer that I've killed do that before. I was hoping he would go down right there, but he never did. Never did. He started to walk off. I shimmed down out of the tree about as fast as I could. He stepped out into the field edge, and I watched him walk along the creek bank. It was faster than a walk, slower than a run. He went up the creek bank, still tail down, looked like he was hurting. So then he disappeared onto the neighbors behind a patch of timber. I walked across the, the little pocket in the cornfield that I was hunting, and glass looked over the into the neighbor's cornfield for a couple minutes. And I never saw him come out of that little patch of timber. So I thought he was probably in there. Hopefully we'd come back and find him dead. So I went back. 
found my arrow, found which direction he went, looked at the puddle of blood where he'd stopped, and it looked really good. Everybody I sent it to except one person decided that he was probably a dead deer. Had everything from probably got lungs, maybe lungs and liver, just liver, possibly lungs and heart, depending on what the blood looked like after that. It was good, had some different color to it. It had the lighter pink frothy blood in it, like I was talking about earlier, that you'll get from a lung shot. Again, it doesn't always mean that, but a lot of times that's a pretty good sign. It was that lighter color blood mixed in with some darker stuff, mixed in with either some even some brighter red stuff, like some muscle blood. So thought he was probably dead. I backed out of there, decided I'd just let him die in that little patch of timber that I didn't see him come out of. I drove around the block to see if I could see him come out because there's a lot of open country up there and not a lot of timber. I thought if he came out of there, I would be able to see him from the truck. Made the block twice, never saw him. And went back, came back to town, waited a little while. We went back out with a thermal just to check the fields again. Didn't see him out there. We went and tracked a little bit of blood and backed out. Uh, It got pretty spotty after that where he had stopped, which had me worried. Because at that point, I thought it probably wasn't heart. Even though, again, I've seen heart shot deer that didn't bleed very much. They're just, they're just all different, and they're so tough, and it's hard to tell. So we backed out, and then me and Nate went back. Um, another buddy of mine came out and helped us again. We tracked him through that little patch of timber out into the cornfield, and that's where we lost blood. It was, it was a little bit better in the timber than it was out on the edge where before he dove in there, before I lost sight of him, but it wasn't great. And then we tracked him through, like I said, to the edge of that field where he came out. And that had me concerned because I hadn't seen him come out of there. That was the field that I was overlooking that I said I'd climb down and walked over there, and he didn't come out of. So he had to have done it after I turned around and went back. So, we're not sure where he went after that. There were several little patches of timber that we decided we would go clear. So we did that. No, didn't find him. And then tried to get a hold of some dogs for the next day. Again, not much luck finding the dogs. Everybody was either busy or weren't coming that direction. So, again, it was one of those deals where it was probably just going to be up to us walking and finding him. So no luck there. Went back the next day and did some more walking. Actually saw a buck that night. We we got about done walking timber. One of the, our buddies was going back to look for more blood. I decided I would walk the ditch around it and saw a buck that I thought could have been him, but I'm not 100% sure. There's no way I could have been sure. Me and Nate did see a buck and a doe on our way in, and this buck was with the doe. I know there's more decent deer up there that are similar to ghost size, not quite as big. I could just couldn't tell if this deer was a nine, if he had the flyer that Ghost had. So, like, it could have been him, but at the same time, I'm not 100% sure of it. So, I went over there. We looked for beds, found several beds, but no blood in them, which makes me think either if it was him, he had dried up, or it wasn't him altogether. So, we looked some more that night and then decided we'd just come back tomorrow. I had a guy in line with a dog to meet me in the morning. He didn't end up making it. That was this was that was all Thursday night. And then Friday, um guy with the dog was supposed to meet me Friday night, actually. 
He said I'd go around in there and walk. It wouldn't affect the dog any. So I decided to do that. Friday, I took off out of here, went and walked another probably mile, a little over, throughout the timber where I thought he probably would have went. And it was so thick in there that even if I could have been 20 yards from him, I never would have saw him. And I covered a lot of ground in there and just didn't come up with anything. Again, I went back and looked at those beds that we'd found and didn't see anything in there, no blood or anything. Went the direction that I thought that deer went and didn't find anything. I walked as much as I could stand to walk, and then before I had to come back to work, so I didn't find anything. He ended up not being able to make it with the dog that night, but we set up to come back on Saturday morning, which is what we did. We thought... He thought at least maybe she'd be able to smell the dead deer if he was in there. So it was awful windy, though, and awful dry, which um, anybody that does any tracking, that's that's pretty tough tracking weather. So we went back with the hopes of maybe the dog would at least find him uh, by the smell of the dead deer. And we did that and uh, tracked him through, tried to track him through where he came out at, and then he went. the, the handler went and walked that timber with the dog. And no luck again, so... We had to just kind of give up the search. I know there's guys hunting the neighbor's property that I didn't want to mess up too much for. They weren't gun hunting it, but I know they do bow hunt it, so I don't want to be too intrusive. And besides that, you know, he said the same thing I did. He could have been 20, 30 yards away. If the dog didn't catch wind of him, there's no way you could see him in there. It's just so thick in places. So as of right now, I do still think he's dead. I mean, based on what everybody that I talked to has said, Based on what I've seen in the past and what I saw from the blood there, I really think I probably caught part of a lung. So maybe lung and liver, it's just no more blood than there was. It's hard for me to think it probably it was a heart shot because usually they'll start bleeding at some point with that. Not always. But I do think I got part of his lung based on the coloration of the blood and that those frothy bubbles that were in it. They weren't just bubbles like the one before. And we just didn't find him. He went to an area where, at least we think that's the direction he went, where, again, it'd be really hard to find him even if he was in there without any blood trail. So I hope I'm wrong. Again, I apologize for the dog barking because I'm having to do this in the middle of the day So, because it's been so busy. So you got to do what you got to do sometimes, but hopefully that's not too loud in your ear. Anyway, unfortunately, I think that Ghost is probably dead. I don't know where he went. I don't know where he's at exactly. We just had to give up looking for him. Unfortunately, sometimes that's what it comes to with bow hunting. If you don't make a a really good clean shot, sometimes they can be hard to find and you run out of blood. And you try to do everything right. And, you know, sometimes things still go wrong. Unfortunately, it happened to me twice in the same week. That's definitely a first. Uh, It's been pretty tough. It's made it tough for me to want to get back out in the woods, but... I've decided that what I'm going to do probably is go to my my 70-pound setup. I've got an old Botec Assassin that I really like shooting. I was shooting the Insanity, and I really like shooting that bow. It's a good shooting bow. Um, I think I'll just switch for something different, and I'm probably going to switch over to some some G5 Mega Meat broadheads as well. Again, not that I think it was the bow's fault or the broadhead's fault. I really like those muzzies. I think they're great. I've never had anything but a pass-through with them, killed deer with them. I've lost deer with them. I've killed deer with expandables. I've lost deer with expandables. So I'm just mostly just switching to do something different. Give me a reason to want to get back out there and see what they can do. I think I'll probably, unless there's a buck behind them, probably the first doe I see next time, 
I'm probably going to let an arrow fly on her with the new setup just again to see how everything works, get some more, get some confidence back in the shooting and in the setup. So I think that's probably what I'll do. I might do a vlog video on the new setup just to show you guys what we're doing, uh, what I'm working with as far as that goes. And that'll be, that'll be the next, probably the next vlog video. I don't have one from the ghost hunt. Unfortunately, my phone died. I got pieces of video of some deer that were out in the field, which wasn't great. And I have the, the opening interview and then I have one I did in the truck afterwards, but I don't have any of the good stuff. So I'm not going to mess with warn you guys with putting, trying to put that together. So there won't be a vlog video update on that, but that's the story of ghost and what happened with him. It, at this point, I hope he's still alive again. I hope the neighbors get pictures of him. I hope I get pictures of him. Somebody, they're supposed to let me know if they do, which is nice of them. Uh, I really appreciate them doing that. And hopefully one of us will get pictures of him again. I just don't think he is. I think based on everything, he's probably dead. And I'd love to be wrong about that. I'd love to have another chance at him. I just don't see it happening. And I've got, you know, I've got some shooters left that I would like to get back after, but it's tough having a week like that, shooting a couple really nice deer and not killing them. I'm just going to have to get over it, I guess, get that new bow set up going and get that back. I'm thinking about maybe going Thursday morning and that be my next time back in the woods. We'll see how everything works out. I may hunt based off the cameras. If I don't see anything on the cameras, may not get out too much again. Like I said, we'll see. I'm going to have to get back out there after him at some point. Again, I like it too much not to. It's just tough after this past week. But that's what happens, like I said. That's what happens sometimes in bow hunting. It's not always easy. They don't call it killing. They call it hunting for a reason. That's what everybody says, right? So they get back out there. I know Nate went this weekend. He didn't have any luck. He had a decent buck, I think, in his crosshairs and just decided to pass him. Maybe like a 140s 10. I'd like to get him back on here maybe next week and he can talk a little bit about what he saw during the gun season. Hopefully he'll be able to get out some bow hunting this week over the Thanksgiving holiday and do some hunting that way. Maybe he'll get a deer on the ground and we can talk about it. I know I said that on the last episode that hopefully by the time this one came out, we'd have a couple deer on the ground, and we should have, so that's nobody's fault but my own. But anyway, that's all I really want to talk about this week, being that it was just me, and I want to give everybody an update on what had happened. I actually debated about debated on talking about the last one. I had made the little vlog video on the one at the cabin, so I was going to talk about that, but I wasn't really excited about talking about doing that again, but hopefully that'll help somebody that it's either happened to before, whether it just be once in a week. Surely it hasn't happened to anybody else twice in a week, but it's good for me to talk about it, I think. And you guys can learn from some of the stuff that I'm doing wrong, hopefully, and even some of the stuff I'm doing right, because ultimately we're getting chances at good deer. Everything that... You know, we talk about on the podcast all the time and all the stuff that we've learned from the articles and all that. That stuff is is working. It's just down to the, the final seconds there where things have gone wrong this past week. So maybe I can turn that ship around before the season's over. That's the plan anyway. I'll get back out there after him at some point. And Nate will be out there after him again. I don't know. I'd say Jeff will probably do some more hunting here after the busy time gets over with the deer coming in from this weekend. So it did look like everybody... Well, not everybody, but a lot of people had good shotgun weekend. So glad to see that. A lot of pictures on the Southern Illinois Deer Hunter page that we run. That's good to see. Love seeing people sharing their their bucks that they're killing. First bucks, 
um, from youngsters all the way up to older guys killing their first deer, biggest deer, just a deer that they shot. That's, that's cool. I like seeing that kind of stuff. People getting excited about getting out there and hunting. That's what we need. We need more people hunting. I think that's good. I'm glad to see that on the Facebook page. I'm glad to see that all over Facebook and social media everywhere. So congrats to everybody that did get a buck this week. We actually do have, and I've been slacking on it just because we've been so busy. We have an update on the big buck contest. Tyler Kiefer, who is going to hopefully maybe do some work with us on some podcast stuff coming up in the near future. But he shot a nice buck in the 130s. I don't want to mistell you the score, but 135 plus, I think. Uh, maybe 136 and some change. I've got the exact number. I'll get that posted up on Facebook. He's actually now in third place in the big buck contest, so congrats to him on that. He was his biggest buck to date. Um, he killed that last week. It was a bow, a bow kill, so I think it was last week he killed that. That tells you how far behind I am on everything. So congrats to Tyler for that buck, and... Hopefully, if you guys are in the Big Buck Contest, you're having some luck out there. Um, Don't forget to submit them when you do kill them. I'm still working on getting t-shirts out for that, so if you're in it and you're wondering where your t-shirt's at, we're working on it. It's been kind of still tough getting stuff in and and getting stuff done, so those will be out as soon as I can possibly possibly get them out. So that's basically it for this episode. Of course, we've got our Partners for the podcast, uh, Grandpa Ray Outdoors. They specialize in providing the best nutrition for white-tailed deer on your property, starting with the soil. They've got a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods. They were actually started in 2015, but John's been in the nutrition business since 1991. With over 14 different food plot blends to choose from, you won't have any trouble finding what you're looking for, whether it's fall or spring blends, corner beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, whatever you want, they've got it. They aren't just about selling their products, though. They'll answer any questions you've got about what would be the best blends for your specific property. That way you can get the best results possible. Like us here at Ridge Hunter, John and his team don't believe in a cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition. They're going to treat you and your situation individually, so they're not going to tell you the same thing as they tell somebody in a completely different situation. They're actually going to take the time to figure out what you have going on and let you know what would be best. They're not about a fancy label or package. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. Like I said, uh, their clients are first and giving high-quality seed and what's going to best suit your situation. Uh, that's at the top of their priority list. So we've used their seed blends on client properties all over the Midwest. We've used them on our own properties. You guys have seen the Fry property, property vlog. We've used his seed on that, and we've been more than pleased with the results. If you want to support the podcast, go to GrandpaRayOutdoors.com and use discount code RHOPODCAST, no caps, uh, no spaces, and you'll get 5% off your entire order there. Or you can stop by the shop. We do have some of their stuff in stock, and you can go ahead and get it. That way you'll be ready for next spring. Other partners you guys might know is Rack's Big Game Supplements. They're a veteran-owned company out of northeast Nebraska. They're deer hunters just like us who were looking to get more out of the mineral and feed market than existed at the time when they developed their Rack's products. Uh, it took years of research to come up with, with their stuff um, and they've got one of the best mixes available that will help improve your herd's overall health. They've got minerals, protein blocks, pelletized feed, and meal field all specifically designed for whitetails. We've seen this stuff work over in Missouri on uh, on some of the properties where guys are running over there. Uh, Rod's been using it on his. Got some good pictures. And uh, the deer seem to love it. You guys can use discount code RHO22, and that's capital RHO22 at checkout. 
at raxmineral.com, R-A-K-S-Mineral.com, and get 5% off your entire order. So save you a little bit of money there, and you can help improve your deer herd's overall health. And you can support the podcast all at the same time. So why not support your deer herd and, and support us at the same time if you like what we're doing. You can also stop by the shop and see what we have in stock or make an order for what we don't. You can also go to ridgehunteroutdoors.com. That's the probably the best way to support the podcast. Obviously, that goes directly to us. If you find anything on there you like, whether it's the apparel and accessories, whether it's the food plot seed, any of our scents that we have on there, anything on the website that we're selling, you can use discount code R-H-O-P-O-D, that's capital R-H-O-P-O-D, and get 10% off anything in your order. Anything on the site, your entire order will be 10% off. Also, we're doing a giveaway. We're giving away a Wild Game Innovations Spark 2.0 trail cam combination. And we're doing that based on Apple reviews. So if you get on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, you'll be entered to win that trail camera combination. It's uh, the trail camera, the SD card, and the batteries, everything you need to, need to be ready to go right out of the package. You can just leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and when we hit 25, we'll draw a name from somebody, whether it's one stars or five stars, and whosever name we draw, you'll be the winner. And we'll let you know, we'll announce it on the podcast, and then we'll probably keep doing these, and it'll get a little bit better as we get up to 50 and 100, and on and up from there. So that really helps us out too, guys, if you leave us a, a review. So that's an easy way to support the podcast without, it doesn't cost you anything, but two minutes of your time to get on there and, and leave a review. That really helps us out. You can spot, uh, follow us on Spotify as well. That helps. And then if you're watching this on, listening to this on YouTube or watching any of our content there, so make sure you subscribe, like, and comment. That helps all that stuff too. Helps in the algorithm to uh, push us up there to where more people can see it. So, and hopefully if you're listening to this, you know, you think it's helpful or at least somewhat entertaining and you want more people to get uh, some the information that we're putting out there uh, more of the entertainment value, whatever it is. And you want to do that. And that way, uh, more people can see it and we can do more cool stuff for you guys. So the bigger we get that, uh, I think the better content we'll be able to put out and the more content we'll be able to put out. And that's ultimately what we want to do. We want to be able to put out good content that you guys can learn from and also have some entertainment value. And I always want it to be quality. That's why I keep apologizing for the the video footage from the last vlog update um, on that buck. I really wish I could have done a better job of getting him on video and get more video of him. I didn't really do him justice as far as that goes. But it is what it is. So at this point, I'd like to be able to do a lot more professional job with a cameraman. We're just not there yet. Hopefully, maybe one day we'll get into that a little more. And then we'll do some more video content as well as uh, on the podcast and and keep getting bigger and better. So we do appreciate all your support for those of you who have supported and all you guys who keep listening every week. We appreciate it. We'll catch you guys again next Monday. Maybe we'll have a full crew or at least more than just me. And I won't bore you for almost an hour. So I hope you guys did enjoy it. I just wanted to give everybody an update on what went on this week. And like I said, maybe it'll help somebody else out who's uh, either had the same issues happen as I have. Or at least if it does happen, you'll know you're not the only one it's happened to. And you're especially not if it's happened to you two times in the same week. I don't know anybody else who's done that. So just remember, it can always get worse. I'm here to prove that for you. So thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch you again next week on the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast.